Have you tried Music to Code by yet? Well, why not? Here's a comment Joe left on the website. This is also great music to mow by. I like listening to music while doing yard work to help the monotony of it seem less tedious. This past summer, I started listening to these tracks while doing yard work, and they worked great! I could let the music play in the background without focusing on it, and it seemed to help me concentrate on getting through my tasks. Thanks, Joe. And you know, now you can download the entire 13-track collection. That's over five and a half hours of music to code by for only 39 bucks. Check it out at musictocodeby.net. .NET Rocks, episode 1414, with guest Jessica Engstrom. Recorded Friday, January 20th, 2017. Welcome back to .NET Rocks. This is Carl Franklin. And this is Richard Campbell. And we're still here in uh, London at... NDC. We like it here. The Norwegian Developers Conference True. in London. In London. No Norwegians to be seen. No. Well, there's a couple <laughs> oh, here and there. They run the show. Uh, how are you doing? I'm well, all right. We haven't really done a whole lot of small talk while, we, while no, we've No, we've here. been making a lot of shows. Uh, had a great uh, codeathon for Humanitarian Toolbox. We yeah. worked on already. Yeah. Had uh, 12 people working. They did 25 pull requests in two days. That is amazing. Including one of the guys got uh, the whole system up running on Linux. Wow. And then wrote out the notes about, you know, we, we talk about ASP.NET Core being truly cross-platform. Mm -hmm. da, 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 da. He tested it and got it running all right. There's a few little twitches and, and tricky bits to make it work. And mm. uh, The funny part is he wrote up that uh, in, a, in a wiki. Here's how you do it. And mm. then somebody grabbed it and finished it for the Mac, too. So we've now proven the app runs just fine on Linux and Mac. Wow, that's great. It's cool. That is very cool. Yeah. Mm. All right, well, uh, I have something interesting in a story. Okay. For Better Know a Framework. Awesome. All right, dude, what do you got? All right, so for Christmas, I got my wife a gift, and she looked at how much it costs and was horrified. And it came late. It came after Christmas. I told her it was coming after Christmas, but she had seen the bill, right? And she goes, what is it? What is it? What is it? And I said, no. She says, am I going to be mad at you for spending all this money? I said, I think you're going to like it. So I got her a Roomba. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Now we have hardwood floors. Yeah. Roombas are good for that. And Roombas are great for that. And then, you know, but you kind of And you don't have animals. No, we don't have animals. Right. But, uh, you know, we, we do mess up the floor occasionally, yeah. you know, like people do, just walking around. And so we set it free, and yeah. had, you have to babysit it at yeah, first. It you know, you like walk around behind it, and, you know, what well, are you doing? What are you doing? And I also noticed that it had a penchant for my feet. Like yep. it liked to come wherever it was in the house, like to come to my feet and knock into me while I'm trying to work. Nice. Yeah, it's All kind right. of annoying, but uh, whatever. We'll figure that out. Yep. Um, so she's not quite sure how. She likes it or not. And she's a little freaked out by it, actually. She's moving it's around. A little creepy. A little creepy. Cleaning yep. the floors. Not sure I can trust it yet. All right. Okay, so on to today's Gadget. robot. You got her another robot. No, I haven't got her another robot. Okay. I found a robot that does yard work. It's called the Kobe. 
Cool. Thekobe.com. It does. It lo- it mows your lawn. Yeah. And it shovels the snow off of your driveway. Wow. Apparently. A snowblower. Yeah. And, and a leaf blower or a leaf picker-upper. I don't know. I, I, I click on the button that says, I want a Kobe. And it says, of course you do. Unfortunately, all our early bird units for test users are gone. In the meantime, if you want us to keep you updated with new Kobe's are available in your area, continue below. All right. So I'm, they're testing. I don't I don't know. You have you look ever at run the, a snowblower? Like I have. It, they're not that simple to run. I no. Just, a robot it seems unlikely that's going to go well. And look at the size of it compared to, you know, it, I mean, it looks like maybe three times as high as the Roomba. Oh, yeah, the Roomba's are quite bigger. small. It, I, and it, while it's bigger, I don't think it's big enough. I don't think it's big enough either. Where, so where pick does, up leaves and mow along and, and blow snow? Picking up leaves, you need a big bag yeah, to yeah. carry. You know, yeah, what does I'm it do? You. Take, you know, go for mulch a em. couple of feet, mulch them, and then, go, and put then go put them back and then come back. I don't know. Yeah. Snow blowing? Huh? The snow blowing just seems unlikely. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I, it's, it's there for your amusement. Yeah. If you're thinking, you know, a snowblower's got a big rotary blade in the front of it. Yeah. yeah. If it runs into your tire, what happens? Your cat. Your cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> that would leave a trail. Yeah. Yeah. Be a little messy. Yep. All right. So that's what I got. I thought it was uh, amusing anyway. And, I uh, am amused. Yeah. Who's talking to us, buddy? I uh, grabbed a comment off of show 1310, the one we did with Jason Weeman, when we were talking about building VR apps. And got a lot of comments on that show, too. Some some interesting insight. This comes from Charles, who says, I can share some advice with VR game developers from a frequent user. Mm. Uh, starting with, uh, keep in mind that the headset is uncomfortable. The Vive actually hurts. The Oculus is a bit less painful, but not particularly comfortable. And either way, be aware that we're here for the virtual reality. So mm. cut down on the splash screens. Don't force people through a lot of storytelling for hours. You know, games have too much of this sort of narrative stuff rather than actual play, right. and uh, it turns you off. Uh, next up, be careful with the viewing angle. Uh, get into games where you're always looking down, and it can be really hard on your neck. Mm. And if you uh, have a headset on and you're using an Xbox controller, uh, take it easy with the whole with the user interaction stuff. Filling in forms with an Xbox controller with a VR headset, not fun. Mm. Uh, and if you put 2D assets into a 3D environment, it looks cheap. Yeah, because they're flat. And, and and just like not a good thing at all. Hmm. And be careful how you move the view that you you do it only when the head moves. Don't make people nauseous. And don't allow head movements to happen by hitting button clicks because that also can really distort people. Yeah. Uh, and I sort of debate the uncomfortable thing. I think everybody fits these headsets a little differently. And maybe they're uncomfortable for Charles. But other people, you know, talk about being able to wear them quite a while. Yeah. Uh, I know on my HoloLens, I have worn it until the battery died. Yeah. And that takes a, takes a couple of hours, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'm with you and, and some insights there. So, Charles, thank you so much for your comment. .NET Rocks mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a .NET Rocks mug, write a comment on the website at .NET Rocks.com or via any of our social media because we publish every show to Facebook and Google+. And if you comment there and we read it on the show, we'll send you a mug. And definitely follow us on Twitter. I'm at Carl Franklin. He's at Rich Campbell. And send us a tweet. Our Kobe's use them as secondary fuel. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's introduce our guest today. Uh, Jessica Engstrom, being a geek, shows in all parts of her life, whether it be organizing hackathons, running a user group, and a podcast with her husband, game nights, retro, or VRMR with friends, just catching the latest superhero movie, or speaking at conferences like NDC, Tech Days, DevSum, Sweetug, 
and such. Did I say that right? Sweet hug? Yes, you did. Very good. Her favorite topic is UX and UI and mixed reality. She's a Windows Development MVP and a member of Meet, Microsoft Extended Expert Team. I didn't even know there was such a thing, Meet. Uh, with her husband, Jimmy Ekstrom, she runs a company called AZM Dev, which is focused on HoloLens and Windows development. Jessica occasionally blogs at cataholic.se, which kind of shows her love for cats and pink. Mostly pink. Mostly pink. Mostly pink. It's, it's really a pink, pink blog. I just like you to know. I have honor it's, blog. Wow. It's that's pink not blog. just pink. That's it pink. Is pink. <laughs> you poke your eye out with that pink. <laughs> Gotta make a statement. <laughs> <laughs> you absolutely do. Yeah. Uh, How you doing? I'm doing good. Nice to see you. Yeah, you too. too. About time you come and hung around with us, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm appreciative that you use the term mixed reality because I kind of go back and forth on that. Isn't it just augmented reality? What's the distinction? Well... Augmented reality, we all know that, right? It's, yeah. it's when you it overlay the goal, right? Like that's yeah. the product we really want to make. Yeah, we overlay the real world mm-hmm. with digital stuff. Yeah, love it. But mixed reality is when you do the same, but you can also the actual digital stuff can also interact with the real world, so you can actually bounce things off your physical table or yeah. So this, you, you have, you have a digital ball bouncing off the the physical yes. walls, or at least the illusion thereof. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if that's different, but okay. But it is. Yeah. It's because the reality. It's, it's more like Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just overlay stuff. Right. He can't really interact with, well, he can with Jarvis, so. Sort of. That was a bad example. Well, maybe it's more like Pokemon Go, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Because you, they're really not standing on your table. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a HoloLens video that Rene Schulte posted of his backyard, and he had written stuff to... Uh, to just put uh, just a bunch of objects like bowling balls and things and drop them in trees and they'd fall out of the trees and down to the pool and yeah. they'd fall in the pool and then, then you know like just amazing wow. it just looked like Alice in Wonderland just to constantly maintain that metaphor of you know what's real what isn't <laughs> yeah which I, you know what's what's the famous game in the hololens where the walls crack open Robo and the aliens come out oh roboraid yeah mm-hmm. and yeah. It, i mean that's part of, i mean the walls were one thing, but when my coffee table split open and they came out, it's like, okay, now you're really mapping stuff. The yeah. illusion is quite effective. And when something jumps down onto the coffee table and then bounces down onto the floor. Right. Yeah. Ha- have you tried Young Conquer on yeah. the HoloLens? Yeah. It yeah. really does exactly that. And he even, uh, it, it's a little, uh, what is it, a space squirrel or something? Yeah, it's, it's for <laughs> And he's little. running around in your room. It's and for smaller kids. The space squirrel. Yeah, but, but it's really, really a good demo uh, of demo. the... Spatial mapping because it's yeah. it's jumping on your chairs and on your table and your sofa and every time he comes to a soft spot like you have a couch or something mm. it starts bouncing because that's what you do you jump in beds you jump sure. in the couch can mm. he go behind things he can and he go he can go under things as well so when you start this game they ask you to scan the room and right. and they have like. Uh, certain levels of things they want you to scan. They want you to scan the floor and look mm. behind furniture yep, and right. look under furniture and, and such. So you can really see how... A good how this, map. Yeah, really good. That's really it, cool. It is a unique device in that way that I don't think there's anything else that does that. Not to that extent, no. There are other products proposed, but nothing's real, right? Like this well, there is a Meta 2. 
and the daiquiri. Yeah, yeah. M- uh, but they have a different technique. So they use um, something is, that's more more like uh, Pepper's Ghost, where you have they they have an uh, LCD screen on top, and that reflects down to the transparent visor. Okay. And then you see the image. So mm. it, it's not as solid yeah. as the HoloLens because they are using a completely different technique. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we have the daiquiri, but that's purely augmented reality. I haven't seen or heard about that one. Uh, and, and daiquiri, it, it's been around for a while, but it's more for the industrial use. So okay. they have a ruggedized visor. It's actually a whole helmet, isn't it? Yeah, but they announced now that they have... Um, Glasses coming, so they call them the smart glasses. Okay. Mm. Uh, so they are coming, and, and they are actually quite lightweight. I think they're about like 400 grams or something. Wow. wow. Yeah, and it, I mean, I figured because HoloLens came out the gate first, it would be left behind. But yeah. I don't feel like that's happened, even though no. HoloLens hasn't been updated in a couple of years, right? Like we're all we're all playing with the same hard from like yeah. 2015. Like I, I, I'm hoping there's a new HoloLens in the works. There must be. You would hope. They, not that they're forthcoming with anything. No, no. They, they, they play but but the funny thing the is that they are still in the forefront. Yeah, that's what surprises me is that yeah. they clearly really was a breakthrough device. Yeah. That it's uh, it's persisted as much as it has. Um, but it's nice to uh, see other devices. What about this whole, uh, this is supposed to be the year that third parties are going to be making VR headsets and things that run the holographic OS. Yes. Mm. It is, and and they already announced the stuff, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of them. So so you can run your UVP app or your holographic app in right. VR, and then we have the but inside wait, out wait, tracking. Let's let's talk about that a little bit more. Microsoft opened up this OS for other hardware manufacturers yes. to use, and and have there been any other devices that are using it? Oh uh, well, they opened. They just announced it like last part of last year, I yeah, think. Right. So. They are working with a few manufacturers, quite a few actually. Uh, yeah. So it's about to come out now. That's very. It's going to take a year. Yeah. I, I think they said uh, there are plans for for them to come out this year. Yeah, but it, it, it we'll, seems we'll reasonable. see. But we're talking about Dells and HPs and like those kinds mm. of companies yes. making hardware. Mm. And then I would argue this is what Microsoft's actually good at, right? It's like mm-hmm. build an ecosystem so that the market can compete against each other and we can drive these prices yeah. down yeah. and actually, you know, force some creativity on how, yeah. we, how we get things well, done. Well, Microsoft is not a hardware company. Yeah, it's true. They, they try to be sometimes. Yeah. You know, I, I'm working on a Surface Book, which is a pretty nice machine. It is. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. That's not their strength. Uh, I, I well, s- except for the Xbox and the HoloLens. And the HoloLens, yeah. 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 They're, they're, it's funny, the exceptions. I mean... Uh, I mean, Xbox is one thing. The Red Ring of Death, I'm still not over. <laughs> but that new Xbox well, One S was a nice piece of hardware. Well, that's years ago now. It was. Yeah, you know, I'm not so sure we could say that with confidence anymore that they're not really a hardware company. I mean, look at the Surface Studio. Look at the Surface Book. You're yeah. using it right here. Yeah. It's a yeah. good good machine. They've had some flops or some ho-hums, but, yeah. uh, you know, and certainly in the Windows the phone's phone has been thing. a battle. But that yeah. I did get an Xbox One S for Christmas, mm-hmm. the white one. Holy cow, that's a big step forward. Like yeah. it's a, it's a very, it's cool, it's quiet, and it's the, the latest set of software that's on it is really smart. Like, I'm in Canada, it understood my cable box, it just took over that job. Hmm. So the, it is finally that living room gateway we always wanted, except that I don't know that we care anymore. Mm-hmm. The relationship to the living room is so different. But uh, yeah, it's hmm. 
You're right. Maybe they are a hardware company. Yeah, they are maybe. making some pretty mm. serious hardware. And, yeah. they, and they, the fact that the HoloLens has stood up as well as it has mm-hmm. as we've been in, in these very early days of this technology, it's yeah. exciting. Although I don't find customers are yet taking the plunge into HoloLens development. I think a lot of them are kicking the tires and trying to f- imagine what their experiences would be like. Uh, certainly customers that I've talked to have been very uh, excited about it, but haven't actually put dollars on the table to say, okay, let's develop a HoloLens experience. But it's still fairly new. Sure. Mm. So people really need to get their heads around what mm. they can do with it, yeah. I think. Where our company, uh, which by the way isn't AZM, is awesome. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's capital A-Z-M, so. Yeah, so it's awesome. Awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Love it. I'm sorry. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> well, we, we are, we, we, we do Windows development, but right mm. now it's like 80, 90% HoloLens. Yeah, oh, really? wow. So yeah. people getting prototypes built or? Yeah, some apps? of them are. Uh, and half of them are, are mostly like workshops and what can we do with this mm-hmm. and they want to go to that market. Are you finding on the graphics side as well using Unity or, or something like that? Or are we talking about universal apps in HoloLens? No, we're talking Unity. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah. Wow, that's good. Because that's a cool part. Do you guys do the artwork yourself and no. create your own assets? God, no. No? No. Yeah, do, that's do you get it created by other people or are you using off-the-shelf stuff? Because the Unity libraries are huge. They are. Yeah. They're amazing. You You can do whole... Whole of solutions just using the assets they have. Yeah, just going through the library. Asset yeah. store. That's, that's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, so you don't have to have great art skills. No, depending no. on what, you, what you're what you doing. What course. are the skills you really need? I mean, I haven't had a chance to program in Unity. We've talked about it a few times, but, you know, compared to your typical development practice on Studio, what's different? Well, well, if you're a C-sharp developer, you're all set. Right. You, you tick a mm-hmm. few boxes and you're all set. And when we have the Hollow Toolkit for, for so you can use in Unity, that mm-hmm. makes things so much easier. Then it's just go. Well, Unity is built up a little bit different than yeah. Visual Studio, of course. Right. So, so it's not, it, it doesn't seem like a code yeah. environment. It's more like a design environment, mm-hmm. but you get used to that fairly quickly, you do. I think. Yeah. I've done some really cool things with it. And, you know, the only, the only thing that's missing for me is the ability to create assets, but but as Jessica said, the, you know the the store the asset store is pretty good. And then on the top of that, if you have people that you know that can do custom 3D rendering and 3D work, then you know then you've got the whole solution. Most of the time, I, when I see folks that are building 3D assets, they're using products like Maya. Like it's it's a different skill set and a different tooling. It's it's you know yeah uh, much more like the relationship that Blend has to Studio. Yep. You know, the, 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 that's a, that's its own skill. You spend a lot of time in that. Yeah. Really making great 3D objects is not a small problem. No, I mean, we we could try to do our own, but it wouldn't be as good. Yeah, yeah sure. And you'd, and you'd see it right away, right? Yeah, like the, exactly. That's the problem with these kinds of visuals is like it would be absolutely apparent yeah. if you're not comfortable working in that model. Yeah, my guys in FVNX, we, we do HoloLens development too, but we, we have partners that we work with for, for art. Yeah. Yeah, you just have... It's just not in our wheelhouse. Yeah, it's a yeah. Different set of different set of skills. Can you talk anything about the projects you're you're playing with? Well, one of the projects we can talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a company called Spotscale. So it's a startup. Yeah. And they are doing. They have a drone, which have mounted a fairly regular camera. It's a Canon camera, mm-hmm. and they take pictures of buildings. Nice. 
And they take a lot of pictures of these, and then they have some magic algorithm that's stitching this together to to a huge 3D rendered mm. image. Oh, wow. So you can actually see into people's balconies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. You can so see what they have on their balcony. A little, the little Google Maps crisis. Yeah, right? a little Same bit, a little bit. Street view problem. Yeah, yeah. but but they, they mm. use it for... for um, Architectural envisioning? Yes, that exactly, kind of thing. exactly. So you so, used to make models. These guys can actually, they use the drones to gather enough data to recreate a neighborhood and then then they could start changing things. or particular houses so in one case there's a building in in sweden that's has been around for for ages and it has a gradient of blue so it starts off really dark blue and then it goes to almost white mm. right but they don't have anything any mm -hmm. documentation left from when they built it so they don't know the ratio of these tiles, so they ask them to actually do a render of the building, so they can use that mm. to, to try and map this. Yeah, out. exactly. You know, I saw that, and they were they're down south in America, and they're coming up on a balcony, and then in one frame, there's a guy on the balcony with a gun pointed right at you, and then in the next frame, it's just black. <laughs> Very American, American. When I uh, when I built my house. We, our architects took photographs of our neighbors' houses and things so they could create this mock-up that sort of showed this is what your new house will look like in your mm. neighborhood. So to be mm. able to do that digitally, and, and I got to imagine with that da data, you could put on a VR headset and wander through it. Like yeah. You really mm. have quite an experience around that. It's an interesting project. It is. There's the, the famous Lowe's, is it Lowe's? Lowe's Kitchen. The Lowe's Kitchen demo. Yeah. Although that is amazing because they, they take it a step further don't they yeah so you can sit at home and just pin whatever kitchens you like on pinterest and it doesn't even have to be their brand right mm -hmm. and then they, they go up to asher cognitive services and find out okay what do we have mm -hmm. that will suit you so yeah. you come into the store and you say hey here's my pinterest account and they say here's a kitchen we think you would like <laughs> and you can go around in the 3d world you can see a 3d model uh, on the HoloLens, on the table, hmm. and you can actually walk around in a life-size one. Right. And then that they take it cool. even a step further than that because they can listen to what the customer is saying when they are walking through the holographic kitchen, and they get feedback like that. Mm -hmm. So if someone says, okay, these tiles, doesn't they, they look a little bit off, don't they? And then the next customer says something negative again about right. these specific yeah. tiles, they can actually pull them. That's great. Do something else. With are them. Yeah. they actually doing this at Lowe's everywhere? Yes. No, not everywhere. I don't know. Yeah. We, we don't have Lowe's. I, I, I've, <laughs> I have a Lowe's in my neighborhood. I haven't seen anything like that. But they're probably rolling it out in, in high density yeah. populations. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. It's really, you, you know, and I'm thinking, I keep remembering that the HoloLens basically has a connect strap to the front of it too, right? So yeah. if you are walking around your kitchen ex doing this experiment, you should come up with a pretty detailed set of measurements for your kitchen when you're done. Yeah. Just from the data that's gathered. So if you had a HoloLens. Yeah, but then again, it's a developer. Yeah, consumers don't have HoloLens, but you no. can buy them. I mean, they're just sitting in the Microsoft store now. I mean, I know it's the developer edition, but you can just buy yeah. them. And it's not, it's not like it's Well, the, the anyway. Enterprise Edition is basically the Developer Edition, but with different features. Right. You get the Shask mode or Kiosk mode and some insurance hmm. or guarantee or whatever you call it. What's mm. the price? $5,000. So it's more expensive. Yes. 
It's 2,000 more. But it is protected from falls. Yes. And the, enter- the developer ones are not. And it has a, some new software. This kiosk yeah. mode. Yeah. So it's easy to reset back to a state. And- yeah, and, and you don't have your, your demos going away because people are going into your menu. Right. And, and going off doing their own thing. Yes. We all have that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've seen that. Absolutely happens. No, no question. So that's cool. And you, those are on the Microsoft Store as well? Uh, I'm not sure. I will look it up and we'll include <laughs> it in the show notes because I, I just think it's important for folks to be aware that we are sort of inching past this developer edition of the yes. product. It does seem like Microsoft's awfully quiet. They are. Maybe mm. they are down in the bunker working on the next version. Who knows? Something. I mean, I hope something good's going on. It's just yeah. that, you know, it's been it's been almost two years. Mm. And, uh, you know, while there's been some cool things, it just doesn't feel like, we just don't seem to have a published roadmap or anything. Yeah, I think no. everybody's struggling to figure out what the business case is for it. I mean, the Lowe's thing is obviously very good. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, and you did see the, the design demo of the motorcycle and all of that stuff. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. But those but are also very specialized cases, I think. I think so, too. Wise. Japan Airlines them. use it for, for all their training. Right. So people mm. don't have to book a training and go to to the city and have the training and then come back. Mm. Yeah. So they can actually... And also, it's not as dangerous because all of a sudden, you can look at the jet engine or whatever it is. Right. And you don't die from it if you step yeah. out of the red line. Yeah. Uh, I like the idea of using the G-Wiz factor as a sort of a marketing tool. You know, like you go to these densely populated areas, like say New York City, you would go to a store and they would have a HoloLens and you'd put it on and you have an experience that enhances the brand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, something like that. I mean, those are the kinds of customers that have been attracted to me anyway. They're, that's what the kind of thing they're trying to do. Is just to you know em- embed or enhance their brand for the user experience, mm. and you know make it, make it fun at the same time. I love it. Yeah. Hey, Richard. Yeah, buddy. Guess what time it is? Uh, I must be that happy time again. Yeah, it's time to announce my new game for Hololens. Oh, what is it? Video drones attack. What? Get off my lawn. <laughs> so, are you the drone, or are you the guy with the shotgun? You're the guy with the shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> This has happened uh, a couple of times. Only in America. In, in, Amer- in America, you know, <laughs> because uh, the, the laws haven't really caught up with drones yet in terms of privacy and where they can fly. And, and FAA is now working on... Uh, yeah, they are putting restrictions in place. Restrictions, exactly. And so... Uh, I've seen two commercial anti-drone systems now. I've seen, like, pneumatically fired nets with parachutes. Oh, that's awesome. So they can, it hits, surrounds the thing, and then parachutes down. So it's actually avoiding jamming the drone. And the other one is a signal jammer. So <laughs> you can, so they basically, they make it fly into a tree. Well, it makes the, <laughs> it makes the drone think it's out of range of the, of the receiver. So it lands. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, they're, they definitely are dealing with this to some degree, but it's an interesting problem. Is, I mean, I mean, drones and airplanes don't get along. That's well, not good. What would you do if you're in the backyard having a barbecue or something, and you know a drone just came and started hovering around you? And wave would you at get a it. baseball bat or <laughs> yeah, wave at it with a broom, Mo- moon it, <laughs> <laughs> send the cat after it. Yeah. Well, my dog doesn't like them, so maybe the dog would get them. Now, with a cat, if you attach a laser pointer to it, that could be fun. <laughs> uh, it's actually time to give away Component One Studio to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. But first, Grape City Active Reports is the reporting platform for all your business needs. 
design, publish, view, print, and export operational reports such as invoices, expense reports, tax, and government forms, as well as strategic and analytical reports such as sales performance, budgeting, and revenue analysis. Active Reports gives you the operation and flexibility you need to turn your data into informative, pixel-perfect reports across the entire enterprise. All right, buddy. Who's our winner? Today's winner is Alan M. Dalton. Congratulations, Alan. Golf lap for you, sir. Yes. And uh, Alan wins a Component One Studio. That's a big pile of awesome from Component One. Just for being a member of the .NET Rocks fan club, if you don't know what that is, go to .netrocks.com. Click on the big Get Free Stuff button, answer a few questions, and join our fan club. We have thousands of members all over the world, and every show we like to give away stuff from our sponsors. And every December we give away a $5,000 technology shopping spree to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. But you have to sign up to win. And uh, now it's your turn, Jessica. If you had $5,000 to spend on technology today, what would you buy? Well, $5,000 is enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would you put a down payment on something? I would probably buy one of the mixed reality or augmented reality headsets that I don't have. Yeah. Right. Which so, ones do you have? Uh, uh, HoloLens. We, yeah, we have the HoloLens and we have the Meta coming up, but they were delayed. We were supposed mm. to get it last autumn, mm-hmm. but they had some production issues. So we're still waiting for that. Mm-hmm. And then we have some VR Stuff as well. Oculus. Uh, like the HTC Vive. The Vive. Yeah. yeah. I've heard good things about the Vive. It's really, really good. Yeah. It might be the best one out there, actually, mm-hmm. because really? the, the tracking they have, they have... Um, it's external tracking. External tracking, right. yeah. And it works in 360 degrees. And the headset alone has 32 trackers. Wow. So it, it tracks basically instantly so that there's a lot precise. less more cyber sickness. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Now, the Hive, the Hive is... But, uh, augmented or is it is it more like Oculus that, that you can see through? That's virtual reality. So it's basically Oculus, but with external trackers. And you can kind of see through it too, right? No, no, you can't. You can't. Not at this moment. Well, sort of. They have a camera, so yeah. you can overlay whatever you're seeing. But it's yeah, okay, yeah, not yet. We are not, not there yet. yet. But it will come because Microsoft has released. Um, the inside-out tracking, mm. so you can actually have track the same tracking that Hololens has for VR. Okay. Mm. So you will have headsets and cheap headsets that will have outside tracking or inside-out. It's confusing. Yeah, and the Hive isn't a PC, also, is it? It's not a computer. No, it's just a headset. Right. So you still need to have your monster machine. Yeah. That is VR ready. So right. it's kind of expensive, expensive, but it's really, really one of the best VR. And you're tethered. Yes, you are. What about one of those 360-degree, what do you call those things, treadmills where you can move around and stand and turn? Yeah. Yeah. Have you found an excuse to own one of those yet? No, I haven't. Are you tempted? Maybe that's the next. But There you go. There's $5,000 right Mm. there. It's called an Omnitread, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. It's kind of bulky, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you didn't need a guest bedroom or anything. That's right. right? No, actually, when we bought our house, we bought it because we have a designated VR, AR, MR room. Yeah. Wow. That's why we actually... That's serious. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) When when, when you are two geeks, that bounds to happen. That's bound to happen. You guys seem to agree on this. How much are these things, these Omnitreads? There you go. The virtual Omni package. It looks like a, a a transporter pad from Star Trek. Yeah. Well, there there you have it. We need to have one. You kind of need to own this. I I totally agree. Uh, no so pricing. 
Dough pricing. Uh, looking at it. Or sizing. Pricing. You need special shoes for it. And when you're not using it for VR, you can use it for mixed reality and make it look like a mm. transporter from Star Trek. There you go. It's all yeah. black and green, you know. It's got that. Yeah, very blinky, but yeah, we haven't yeah. got a price on it yet. Oh, not available for consumer use. Ah. So there you go. Yeah. Oh, well. You can fix that. You're not really a consumer. You're a professional. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I mean, that's just am amping the whole thing up. It's just a question of how much exercise did you really want to get with your VR device. I kind of like sitting in a swivel chair. <laughs> it's even turning my head's too much work. Uh, we can't really talk about a HoloLens uh, it with, without talking about the battery. And uh, I was looking for a long time to find a charger that I could plug it into and you know put in my pocket that would keep it charged for a long time. And I found one. It's a Anker A N K E R PowerCore Plus uh, 10,050. It's a high-capacity portable charger. It's a brick, and it's heavy. Yeah. But you can put it in your pocket and just tether a USB cable to your HoloLens. It goes up your back or up your shirt or whatever. And it'll keep it running for hours and hours and hours and hours. That's nice. Yeah. You know, it's funny that they call it a 10,000. It's like 10,000 milliamp hours. I mean, at that point, you could just call it a 10. It's a 10-amp battery. Yeah, right. You're right. <laughs> it's a lot of power. Yep. And uh, it's not all that expensive. I mean, as far as chargers go, it's like thirty bucks, right? Yeah, sixty bucks unless you're Prime, Amazon Prime, and then thirty. But you got to beef up. I mean, that, how much time does that add? Yeah, it's a good question. I haven't actually run it to capacity, but um, it's kept it charged for at least three hours. I know Holy that. Man, that is a lot, actually. I mean, I could probably run it because this thing is high capacity. I could probably run it for. Quite a bit more. And than you that. just get another one. Do you see this guy that like spent was it, a week in VR? He never took his goggles off. It just like, oh my! What did you go insane from that? That's what I'm thinking. Like we're talking about how many hours can you wear this thing for? It's like how many hours should you wear this thing? For? <laughs> <laughs> I think the, re the the recommendation is like thirty minutes to an hour or right. something. But we don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't take more than ten minutes of uh, Oculus Rift time, or no, else I'm sick. Have you tried the Oculus when they have added tracking? No. 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 Uh, I had that too. Also, try the, the HTC Vive because I, I tend to get motion sick as well. Yeah. And my husband gets even, he's even worse. He could stand like 40 seconds on the Oculus. Wow. And I could stand like for a day. Yeah. This wasn't fair because this is uh, the old version, the... Developer kit, I could stand like one minute. Yeah. Nowadays, I can stand a lot, lot longer and on the a, Oculus when the... the and the dev the kit tracking. one was the 60 frames per second screens, and the production ones were 90 frames yes, per second. That exactly. was sort of the magic, yeah. which is also why the, the production ones were more expensive than the dev kits were. Yeah. Frame rate seems to really matter in this scenario. It does. Yeah. And, and external tracking with that will actually help a lot as well, because on the Vive, I have yet to be sick. Right. Mm. So precision movements like Yeah. Because if if your inertial centers in your in your head don't match up with your eyes, that's that is a classic definition of motion sickness, right? Yeah, like that, that is one of them. Reading a book while driving. One of, that is one of the theories. There are th three theories on why we get cyber sick. Mm. Right. But none of them explains all the symptoms, but we're still doing the research. Right. So one of them is the poison theory where we interpret the hallucinations, which we can, well, VR is basically a huge hallucination, mm -hmm. isn't right. it? 
So, so the body goes into survival mode mm-hmm. and wants to expel whatever poison is left in our stomachs. Oh. So that's one theory. Yeah. That's interesting. I, yeah. I mean, I dealt with, as somebody who's done high altitude climbing and extensive sailing and so forth, like I've dealt with lots of motion sickness. I am absolutely convinced, at least for my body, it's the sequence of poison resistance. Yeah. I'm, and I know it well enough now that I know immediately when it's happening, but it's like first your mouth starts to salivate. Mm. Right. That's sort of the first stage. And then you sort of get the grumblies, you know, feeling very na- vaguely nauseous. Mm. Once you start tossing your cookies, you keep doing it. But there, and the step past that is unconsciousness. Wow. So, I mean, I have been rendered unconscious by motion sickness that the moment the motion stopped, it's gone. Wow. So like out, it took me, you know, half an hour in extremely violent seas before I was, I was knocked out and then I was out cold. For a couple of hours, and then when we got back into shore, as soon as we got through the breakwater and the water settled down, I just you sort of go pop. What happened? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. There's another theory which has to do with the postural stability mm-hmm. of your body that let your body's function is to stay stable in all environments, right? Like a boat. So yeah. you lose equilibrium, kind of thing. Well, well, if if you have postural instability for a longer period of time, yeah. the theory says that you will get motion sick. Sure. Mm. So you it also might be a combination of all three of them. Could be. Have you been seasick? Yes. Have you been landsick? <laughs> what do you mean with landsick? So spent a month on a on a boat. Yeah. The first day off the boat after oh, a yeah. month, I was nauseous all the time because yeah. we weren't moving. Yeah. Well, I'm not as lucky as you were when you got rendered unconscious. Yes. Well, that's not <laughs> lucky. But you when you got to shore, I wouldn't disagree. You're actually pretty lucky because you don't <laughs> care anymore. I mean, is well, there anything true. more miserable than seasickness? There are relatively few times in my yeah. life where I've just looked at someone and said, please kill me. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but that's one of those times. But the fact that my body yeah. went, you know what? You're no longer qualified to supervise. And just out <laughs> I went. Yeah. I didn't mean you were lucky to get unconscious. I, meant I was lucky. You were lucky when you got off. Yeah. You immediately felt better. You said, you're tired. I don't get that. Yeah, now, because it takes me like thirty to an hour, thirty minutes to an hour before I start to pretty feel rapid better recovery. Again. Mm. Yeah, it is. It I, is. And if anything, I was just dehydrated because everything had come out. Yeah, and uh, and it had been a few hours in the salt. So it's not fun. No, it's not. And and but these are the VR nausea is nowhere near as severe. Well, it depends on I guess it because depends on who. if you're on a boat, you can't really get off the boat no. unless you come to land. So you have to withstand it. Yes. But if you're in VR and you start to feel sick, you just take take yourself out of the right. VR experience. So if you actually continue, you would be you would get progressively more ill. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm sure there's a YouTube video of letting someone letting themselves get very ill oh, from VR. Oh, don't mm. go there. <laughs> there will so be. If not, there will be now. There will be now. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's yeah. clearly a business in Please all. Please don't. <laughs> well, NASA built a motion sickness inducement machine as part of studying motion sickness yeah. for space flight, and that's also when they discovered there was like two astronauts that had a genetic defect that made it impossible for them to be motion sick. Interesting. But they'd come up with this machine that was so it makes everybody sick. Yeah. There's just something about the way they turn you. It's like you are guaranteed to be ill here unless you're literally a mutant. Wait, didn't they just play some Justin Bieber music? <laughs> <laughs> it's a, quite a simple solution, really. <laughs> That's not nice. No. But, it, I mean, it's funny. Yes, it is funny. <laughs> yeah. part, so part of this is the quality of the gear, and obviously they've worked yeah. hard to get there. And, I, and I'm thinking back to our comment, too, from Charles saying – and you got to do the right things as a programmer too. Like 
Oh, you do. You could do a VR motion sickness inducer. <laughs> Wouldn't well, be that that's hard. Easy. No, that's really easy. Yeah. If, as, you, as soon as you create motion inside that virtual reality without moving the person or the person being controlled that motion, yeah. that's a problem. Don't take control of the person's camera. Right. That's a big no-no because they will get sick. Right. Don't well, take control of the person's Kobe while they're cutting the lawn. That's <laughs> also a good... The cat may be hurt. Your cat could be a Ugh. casualty. A cat chulty. I got all of you talking about cats now. How did that happen? <laughs> uh, I, I have friends that are in the, the gaming industry and they talked about Trying to convert existing first-person video games to VR is almost guaranteed illness-inducing because yeah. running is impossible. Mm. It doesn't work. When you actually run, your, your brain is able to compensate for the rocking and shifting of your, yeah. of your step, yeah. and there's just no way to do that in VR. Plus, one of the things that my friend told me was, you run way faster in video games than real life. It's like oh, yes. your full out speed in, in a video game is like thirty miles an hour equivalent, and it's zero to thirty in it, you know microseconds very quickly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. and then you have the sensory conflicts. Yeah. yeah. As soon as you're moving that fast, you're expecting to feel inertias, and you're not, yeah. and there you are, sick again. Yeah. So there's such a thing as too much input. There's another application for this, and that is immersive experiences, and not so much with Hololens, but uh, and they tried to do with HoloLens with the ver with the Holo Tour, you know, where you could go to Machu yeah, Picchu or and, something. And, but and also the Destination Mars. Yeah, but that's more suitable for VR. Absolutely, I would say. absolutely. But it's very cool though. Uh, when I had the Oculus, um, there was a a thing where you could be on stage with Paul McCartney while he's doing "Live <laughs> and Let Die" in concert. Yeah, that's and cool. You're absolutely right next to him, and you could just look around. You see all the guys playing in the band, and you know. And I, you know, they have one of these uh, 360 degree cameras that uh, allow you to get right in the middle of the action. The I actually think that is a viable entertainment uh, option. That, Definitely. You know, that, that the whole new level of production of media. The problem with the 360 camera is that it's actually flat. You know, like yeah. I like the 360 views when I'm looking at them on my PC when we could scroll around. But if you ever do put on a headset with them, it's that same 2D effect. It's like you are simply stretched. looking at a stretched picture mm. wrapped yeah. around your head. And, right. I, and then when you start thinking, how would you do that in 3D? Yeah. How would you do a 3D 360 camera? And it's like, I think I'd need a lot of cameras. You need, yeah, you need that's right. And I'd need really smart software saying, given any given pair of cameras to give me my proper parallax, as I'm moving my head, We've got to stitch that data from one pair of cameras to the other well enough that it doesn't jolt as you look around, yeah. but it's still three-dimensional. And I'm thinking oh, that's insane. as hard. many cameras as you can fit next to each other, really. Yeah. I mean, you because once you, if you have one at 90-degree angles, in, in the 45, you essentially have two stretched images. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so the minimal stretching is yeah, the, the whole quality idea. Of, of the images and, and the experience will have such big effect. Mm. And and I do think the the industry or, or you know the the marketing people are messing this up where they're taking what are really two dimensional three sixty cameras and calling them VR. Mm. Yeah. So it's just not that simple. You need more lenses. You need to be able to do that computation. What's that you have up there? The views. The views. And I'm looking at that and going. That it says it's a three D three sixty camera, but if you as you look at the pan image you're showing, it mm. looks flat. Yeah, it looks mm. flat. So yeah. I don't think it's true. Yeah, I think it's very Yeah, that's right because essentially when you're when you move your head, you're not looking at what that person looks at from that angle. Right. You're looking at what uh, what they look like from a f from further away. Right. Just sort of 
yeah, transmogrified. Well, and the, and the bigger thing here, if you're really going to do 3D v, VR capture like that, is you should be able to walk around the object. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Like be, the, it's one thing to be on stage with Paul McCartney; it's another thing to be able to walk around him while he's playing. Well, now now you're talking about turning video into 3D meshes and yeah. all of that stuff. And Microsoft Studios has done that with a very you know limited in a very limited way. Mm-hmm. And they published a video on how to do this. They had some. Uh, I think it was a, a, a New Zealand uh, dance, mm-hmm. you know, a, a sort a of haka. a haka dance. Yeah. And they took these guys in, in the studio and had cameras on all sides and they were lit in a very special way and they did their thing and they actually turned them all into objects and in 3D meshes and recreated their skin tone and all of that stuff so that they actually kind of look like you know, if you go to a movie, there's CGI. Something like there's CGI. Yeah, yeah exactly. CGI. That's interesting. Maybe yeah. that's the way we need to go. Yeah, so or something we, similar. We're basically bit mapping the video onto 3D meshes yeah. as CGI rather than. The, and if you did it well enough, maybe, you know, but there, there's all kinds of ungally valley problems, right, in there. Yeah. Right? Like you, you can't make any mistakes. It's a hard problem and, and an expensive solution, right? Yeah. I mean, that is a very expensive thing to do. Uh, one of my customers, who I won't say who they are, but um, they were interested in having characters come right out of the television while you're watching television with your Hololens on, and you know, and then you know, interact with you that right. kind of thing. And that is another situation in which you have to take video and turn it into an object, yeah. and then you're animating that somehow. And that's that's a very expensive, currently a very expensive production. I don't even know if there's any place where you could go to get that done. Yeah, that's yeah. Pr- pretty much right at the edge. So more projects? What do you what do you hope to be able to build? I don't know. That's a difficult question. <laughs> Whatever the well, customer there, wants, right? yeah, exactly. No, but there there's so many different applications for for especially for the Hololens, mm-hmm. which is you can actually see the real world. Yeah. So you you can go the gaming route and. Mm-hmm produce games but but you can also do a lot of uh, other cool stuff like uh, Lowe's Kitchen we talked yeah. about that the virtual body stuff. is particularly impressive like being able to disassemble a multi-layer yeah. system and see through it whether it's a jet engine or or a human body exactly they, I think that's a r- remarkable learning tool I mean I think it's relatively mundane but I've always loved the idea of walking you through like a home improvement project let's yeah. replace your light switch and the fact that with that 3d mapper it's literally identifying what screw you should unscrew and then seeing that you've done it yeah you know, exactly it sees the screw move like, okay now next step next step it's kind of an expensive toy for teaching you to change a light switch but yeah, but if you're remodeling your whole home yeah and you could and it, it actually could evaluate the data in real time and yeah it, it's got to be as easy as watching a youtube video though you know i mean but, I but could, it can be it be- can be but you or know, you can just pin actually, YouTube. Yeah, watching YouTube and trying to do something with what you're watching is really kind of a pain in the butt. Yeah, right? yeah, you need to pause it and yeah. rewind a little bit. And Especially then, if you're talking about a light switch where you're standing up at a wall. Like, where do you yeah. put the laptop, mm-hmm. right? And then yeah. you're looking at that, you're looking there, and then yours is a little bit different than what's on the screen. Yeah. yeah. The idea that the software can actually compensate for it and recognize what kind of switch it is and you should look here and, you know, t- typical look toggle up, They switch. can even look up the brand. Yeah. Mm. Say, oh, hey. 
you should do this one or you should stop now. This is a bad switch or yeah. this is dangerous. Like being able to highlight, don't touch here. And they can call an electrician for you. <laughs> well, that, and there's where you start amping this thing up. The idea that you are wired in. So it's like, okay, I, I'm going to need help with this. Yeah. And then you are put into a call to a service that then says, and is able to see through your eyes now, effectively. That was one of the demos of HoloLens with Skype. Right. And, and, it, and when you call somebody with Skype on the HoloLens, they can actually annotate in your world. Yeah. yeah. And so that was, somebody was changing a, a pipe, you mm -hmm. know, and the plumber was somewhere else watching this and said, oh, yeah, you're going to have to uh, tighten it this way. Right. You know, that right there and pointed and drew an arrow to what they had to tighten and, and drew an arrow in terms of what direction to go. If HoloLens was cheap and everybody had one, is this actually an efficient use of a plumber's time? Could he serve more I, people I, I more effectively? I think actually it was her dad. Oh, okay. So I don't think it was an it, actual It was actually plumber. going to a professional per se. But it's still a great idea. It is. It, is, it yeah. is. Because, I mean, how many of us do get support calls for from our moms sure. or similar... It's and the, just being the, able to have that presence. Yeah. It's the share my screen idea yeah. for so, yeah. the real world. Share yeah. my reality. Yeah, share, share my, my reality. Yeah, it. that's a new thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, think in emergency context, uh, you know, a 911 call where suddenly the, the medical person could be on the other side helping you administer first aid yeah. and being able to see that person and say, okay, I want you to check this, check that, now do this. It's really quite compelling. Mm. Yeah, and we do have, I mean, not in this version, but we, the technology we have today, we have sensors that can measure your heartbeat. It mm -hmm. can look, we have eye-tracking sensors that can see differences in your eyes. Right. So the medical personnel on the other side actually knows what's going on, and right. they can analyze that. And they, they can measure so much stuff. It's really interesting. It is interesting. Because I do feel like this is the thing that replaces the smartphone. I've, I've kind of committed to the idea that humans are permanently augmented now. We're all cyborgs. It's just that we keep them outside of our bodies because it makes the upgrading less messy. <sighs> uh, but the phone's done. So what replaces the phone? I think it's the visor. I think the, and the capabilities just are so much more advanced. You yeah. know, first we recreate the phone's capabilities, which I don't think is going to be that difficult. But almost immediately you're just doing things that couldn't be done any other way. Mm. And, we, and, we, and then we won't be able to live without it. No, and we have the contextual part. We get that for free because yeah. they can actually track we're, where we are. We're in the space. Yeah. yeah. So it's really quite an awesome service. It is. Fun times. It yeah. Looks, it looks like you're one of the people who's going to make it happen, Jessica. Let's hope so. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Jessica, thanks so much for spending this time with us. It's been great. Thank you. All right. And we'll see you next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Pwop Studios, a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and, of course, in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Got a